No, no, prohibition must live forever, no. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City, Dame DeLorean. Oh, man. Do you know how bad you sound? You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. What? I'm a supporter of human beings. That's right. Supporting human beings. Human beings. Every last one of them. Every one of them. You know, we got to support them here from FEMA Region 7. And it's another Token Tuesday. You're back with us. Yes, happy Token Tuesday, bowlers. Hello and welcome. We love you. Thank you for joining us. It is November 30th, 2021. And you're listening to uh, episode 117. Woo! The old 117 of Bowl After Bowl. I am Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And you are in the bowl. That's right. That makes you a bowler. So welcome along. Welcome aboard. Uh, welcome. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. For the very first time. And uh, we love having you around. Love it. We do this every Tuesday, plus some uh, bonus episodes, Bowls with Buds. In fact, we did one last Wednesday, didn't we? Yes, we did. Had a fantastic time in the bowl with the one, the only, Quirk S. You can find that special Bowl After Bowl episode. It's a Bowls with Buds at bowlswithbuds.com, along with all the other buds that have joined us in the bowl. That's right. We... Uh... Try to mix it up and bring some buds to you every once in a while. Keep it interesting. And, uh, Lauren, you've been booking a lot of buds lately. I like I've that. been booking the buds. She's been booking the buds in the back channel. So if you're interested, hit Lorian up. That's right. Hop in the bowl with us. Uh, Lorian at bullafterbowl.com is her email. Yeah. Or if you're on Mastodon, uh, the socials, it's at Lorian, Lori with an N, L A U R I E N. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. That's how you do it. Yes, thanks, Quirkass. Uh, you were great. Loved having you on. It was a lot of fun, as it always is with our buds. And as it always is with Quirkass. I mean, what what could be better? Could be better than Quirkass in the bowl. Oh, that sound. That was beautiful. A little hiss crack. A little hiss crack. You need me to get yours? Yes, I need some assistance. I saw you struggling pre-show. Yeah, I tried about 33 times to... Open it with a lighter, and I still haven't learned the ways. Ah, uh, well, now that. Uh, but I got it, like, you know, up a little. It hissed at me, but I, <laughs> the top did not come all the way off. Sometimes, if you get it up a little, you got to call it a victory. You know? <laughs> I haven't heard that rule, but I, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like to get it up and off. Up and off. Up and all the way off. Well, hey. We want to take some time out at the beginning of the show every time before we get too weird and crazy with it to thank all of the people that put this thing together. Because it's not just me and Lorian doing this. It's a whole community of bowlers rolling down these lanes together as one uh, big happy group. And we would love to start by thanking No Debit, who deserves our gratitude every show for giving us the live stream. It's his uh icecast server that we stream from live and you can find that at bullafterbull.com by clicking on listen live 
There's a nice little stream link that goes right through the uh, the old bull after bull domain. How you like them apples? We also want to thank Sir Bimrose uh, for putting us onto the No Agenda stream live every Tuesday night. Thank you so much, sir. Very much appreciate that. And um, we also like to thank each week our producers who send in their hard-earned treasure into the bull. We are value for value, so that means you know we put it out there. If you find value in it, we just ask you return that value in some way. Uh, whether it be producing, putting some time in, uh, lots of talent coming in. Um, Bulls with Buds is a great example. But the treasure one is, of course, what keeps the show going, what keeps it running, keeps all the internet bills paid, keeps the hosts happy, the uh, the domain hosts, I should say. Um, although we love it too, Lauren and I. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. And, of course... Um, I want to start this week with the Satteroonies because we are Podcast 2.0 enabled. So that means you can go to newpodcastapps.com and any of those podcast apps that say value next to them, well, those are apps that you can use the value tag with. The value tag is a little tag that lives in your RSS feed that points to a lightning node. And that lightning node can receive little bits of Bitcoin called Satoshis. And you can stream them in real time or you can boost if you really hear something that you like and you, know, you think is pretty tasty boost bait. Bust. Bust? Say boost. Boost. Then you don't bust it, you boost it. Mm, that's some tasty boost bait. And uh, we thank so much everybody doing that. Uh, we see a lot of sats streamed, and we also saw a lot of boosts. In fact, and I'm reading through now. Now, a boostagram is just a boost with a message attached. And you may remember last week we got one right before the show from CSB. Plug in the AI.cooking show. Uh, you always want to check that out if you're a fan of the CSB. Um, but this week we had a lot of boosts. I'm seeing 1,000 sat boost, 1,000 sat boost. I'm seeing uh, 508, 508, 508. We know that that's, uh, we know that that's cotton gin out there. Yeah, cotton I see gin. 420 boosts, 420 boosts. I uh, see all boosts all over the place. No no boost of grams this week. No messages attached. And... Uh, I was saying pre-show, that must be like uh, when John and Adam get the no jingles, no karma uh, coming in. That's fine. Uh, you don't need to necessarily send a message. Just send your boosts. Just send your sats. You don't need to send blankets or water. Just send your sats. Uh, and we thank everybody doing that. Coming in uh, through both nodes, actually, because Lorian is noted up as well. Locked and noted. And then over on the PayPal, we did get Mr. The One and Only John Fletcher. Hey! Coming through with his monthly stonation of 420. Woo! Spark one up. We spark one up in his honor. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks, Fletch. Everybody, whether it's the PayPal's or whether it's the uh, lightning streaming payments, uh, it all helps and it all is very much appreciated and it keeps us rolling here. Thank you for the value for value. Thank you so much. Um, Coming up, I got some programming notes. It's a busy week, you guys. Really busy week. Yeah, it is. Um... And of course, another Wednesday, because Wednesday is like the busiest day in podcasting. It's just crazy. Lots of Wednesday stuff goes on. We did the Quirkest, uh, the Quirkest Bulls with Buds last Wednesday, and that's when I kind of realized, whoa, everybody's podcasting on Wednesdays. Crazy. Well, I'm going to be podcasting again tomorrow uh, with Sir Sir Seat Sitter of Abs in a Six Pack. We're going to be doing a dad cast. Yeah, and, dad cast. Uh, it's going to be me and Larry Blightner of That Larry Show and Planet Rage, and Dean Reiner, of course, of the Up Is Down podcast. So cool. we're all going to get together, and we're going to talk dad stuff and just dad it out. 
Aww. with the newest dad in the universe. Uh, Sir Sir Seat Sitter. So that should be fun. That should be a good time. Look forward to that. And then Friday. We love babies. I don't. We do love babies. And of course we need babies. Um, pretty sure we need them. We need babies. Yes. That's confirmed from the podfather himself. We need the babies. Um, Friday. And I haven't confirmed this 100%, but I'm pretty sure. We'll be back at it uh, with another Ablecraft episode. We had last week off because... Uh, Mr. Abel Kirby has found an apartment, so he's moving into that. So oh, all right. Hopefully he's uh, getting all settled in there. Um, probably hear more details about it. Tomorrow on Rare Encounter, you should check it out, rareencounter.net. That goes on at 6 Central, 7 Eastern, every Wednesday. And uh, that'll be right before my little abs in a six-pack adventure. So, by the way, Mr. Abel Kirby, he found the ring. Oh, <gasps> We're married again? He found the ring. So our marriage is uh, it's not... Our girls will be so pleased. It's not destroyed. Yeah, he's a true hero. He's a true hero and a gentleman. Thanks, Abel. Mr. Abel Kirby. The one and only. Very cool. And then uh, after we do an Abelcraft on Friday, well, you better believe we're going to do another Bulls with Buds. Yeah, we are. We're going to do another Bulls with Buds. And you got Lavish booked, I hear? That's right. So Mr. Lavish is going to be joining us again. He's, we've done a Bulls with Buds with him. Um in the past, and we will do another one. That's right. So he'll be back. So this Friday, nine p.m. Central. That's some serious uh, programming notes that I had there. Programming notes. Yeah, and we have a friend in town this week. That's right. Yes, uh, Lady Mountain Jay's coming out. That's right. So busy, busy. She's gonna explore uh, the based state of Missouri. <laughs> the heart of America. That's right. And uh, if she likes what she sees, you know, maybe she'll maybe she'll stay a while. Who knows? Who knows? But we we hope to show her the ins and outs and the cool uh, cool times that could be had out here. So I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. So we have a busy week ahead of us, Lorian, and I'm <laughs> just buried in code all day, which is just not it's not where I want to be, but it's also where I have to be. I feel really like invigorated about this round two. The That's l- awesome. Learning new things. Lots of react, reacting to react. Um, and yes, I really want to do, well, for the purposes of the show, because there's like a dozen projects that I actually do want to make. Um, but the two main things for the purposes of this show are obviously I've been talking forever, like a year now, about redoing the sad-ass WordPress site that we have for bullafterbull.com. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, it's just awful. You go there and click around, you'll just... You'll hang your head in shame. You say that, but you're insulting me because I'm the one that put it all together. Well, we did. We kind of both did it. <laughs> but it's not your fault. It's just a shitty WordPress. It's just WordPress, you know. And, and with WordPress, you got to keep changing it like every three months or so. You know, if you if you don't change your theme or your design regularly, then you know, like the theme is like two two three years old, and and then it, you know. Yeah. It's just not cracking anymore. No. That's not how at all. WordPress works. It just leaves you behind. Time marches on and you get left behind. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've been bitching about it for so long, but I I'm gonna finally do something about it soon. And and I really want to make one of these music apps which would pair nicely with our Ablecraft project that we've been working on. And I know some other people have been thinking the same thing. If that's something that you're interested in collaborating on out there, bowlers, um, some cool, slick music player app, it would be 
basically like um, what a newer podcasting 2.0 podcasting app is, only one that just looks for music and finds and plays music. And so sort of the idea on a basic level is just be able to, you know, pull up from the podcast index or, um, you know, possibly from another tool. Maybe we, maybe we have a music specific index. I don't think that's necessary. I think podcast index can handle all of the back end stuff. Um, they haven't quite finalized the medium tag, which is going to be a important aspect of such an app. The medium tag identifies instead of what something is about, it identifies what something is. Hmm. Whether it's a podcast or it's an audiobook or it's music, which is what we're looking for. We're just looking for music. We're looking for songs, albums, all of that published that you could stream sats to. So there's another aspect of the app. It would have to be able to stream sats somehow. And uh, Ellen Pay looks like the most accessible way in a development sense to be able to do that. Um, the front end and the uh, the React part of the thing, the UI and authentication and all of that, you know, all of that is what I'm resharpening my my knife with over these past few weeks. But I have no experience yet using the Ellen Pay side of things. So it would be super cool if somebody did have Ellen Pay experience to shoot me an email. Um, Spencer at bullafterbull.com. That is my email. But yeah, um, that's that's the two main projects on my radar as far as coding goes. That's cool. And yeah, hopefully. I it hope be people cool. come together and meld the minds. It would be so, music so fun, so awesome to see. And, you know, floating this out there for potential developers or whoever's helping, like the app would take a tiny fee of every sat stream just like uh if you use you know curiocaster or podfriend or all these different apps right now that stream sats to um all of the podcasts like if you're streaming sats to our show right now um part of those sats are going to the app you use which is a really cool environment and a really cool incentive for developers to make a cool app that people want to use and uh you can get some sats out of it we'll figure out the split or um you know however it works and um I th- I think there's really huge potential in that. So very cool. Get at me if if you want if you want to play around. Sign me up for playing around when it's all done. Yes, and I'll break in it. <laughs> if you say oh, I don't know nothing about code, I don't uh, I don't play with code, I don't play with web apps. Uh, at least let me know if you'd like to test it, you know, and play around with it once we get something that's maybe not ready to launch, but ready to play with and break, and we'll see like what doesn't work and how, all the different ways that it breaks. And uh, can do that kind of stuff too. Yeah, me, 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 me. Cotton Sign me Gin. Up. Cotton Gin says music apps on his radar. Go, yeah. Let's let's collab, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I love it. Make it happen. <laughs> Sir Seat Sitter says that bull site looks better than any of the No Agenda websites. I don't know. Oh, about too all kind. That. I don't know about all that. You just no. like it because it's green and purple, which is why we <laughs> like it too. But <laughs> we, we need an evergreen uh, site. Yeah. Um, but by the way, when I do my site in React, I want I want to redo the site in React. But I also know that there's dudes out there that f- you know just go around the internet, JavaScript off, no JavaScript. I hate JavaScript, which I don't want to shun, but I also want to kind of like poke fun at with the website because on a default Re- React app, if you load it and you have your scripts disabled, it'll be like, you need JavaScript and you need to see this website. Which I don't like. I don't no. like that. So what I would like to do is present a brutalized version, which is just all just HTML, no styling, white with a black text, like 
Yeah, just test. just the bare bones stuff, you know, and uh, maybe some kind of snark about how you're too good for JavaScript or something like that. That's been on my mind, but I don't, I don't just want to like say, oh, you can't use our website because you don't use JavaScript. Like, no, that seems poop. Poop. That seems poop. Um, speaking of poop, yeah, this all of this coding shit. That's what I literally wrote on my notebook here. I wrote coding shit, and then I've drawn a little picture of a smiling turd. Oh, nice, a steaming. Smiling turd. Because that's kind of just how I'm feeling. Kind of how I'm feeling. Like a <laughs> smiling turd. I'm happy and I'm steaming, man. <laughs> and you're stanky. I'm stinking. <laughs> stinking. Stinky like a skunk in the best of ways. I um, I do have the tiniest bit um, of cocaine shit stain. Arching, arching, cocaine shit stain. Arching, arching, cocaine shit stain. Arching, arching, go. Streaming size, booster grounds, makes you really want to build a there is a new node in town. Bum, 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 uh, bum. Sir Bemrose. Yeah, Bemrose. Setting up a node. I don't know the mechanism yet exactly how he's doing it. Um, he was asking about LND, so I know it's an LND implementation. But knowing Bemrose, he's not going like the um, one click install route or anything easy. He's going to be probably trying to do it himself with a build at your own way. And I'm interested to, to find out more, but. Um, He's kind of been hitting me up intermittently, and I'm always like AFK, especially this week, because I'm always working. I'm working on code on this other machine, and so just to kind of spell out how freaking schizo my life is right now, I have my coding laptop, which was part of signing up for the coding course a year ago, included in the tuition, let's say, and uh, it's over here on the left. That's the one that Lorian uses I'm on during it. the show. But then all of my chat and everything's logged in over here. And all the sounds off and everything, you know, because I'm doing the class. So, so people hit me up, and I'm like, I'm like f- two, two or three feet away, but I just don't even see the message. So, so far away. That's Hester Bimrose has been messaging Aww. me, but I'm trying to hit him back every once in a while, you know. And he's he's bringing up an interesting question, which is like, you know, to in order to fund my node and get a channel going, you know, if you fund it, it gives you just a Bitcoin address. And he was like. Do I have to break fiat off and buy Bitcoin and send it to my node, or can I just have people donate to that Bitcoin address? Which, yeah, it's it's a, it's a smart idea, you know. It's inno- innovative. Yeah, I would um, think it's the second, right? Yeah, yeah. So it when it generates a Bitcoin address, anyone can send Bitcoin to that Bitcoin address. It's an on-chain transaction. Um, then once you get it on-chain, your node. The thing about a Bitcoin full node is it doesn't necessarily have to have a lightning layer on top of it at all. So if it was just a Bitcoin full node, it could receive and send Bitcoin uh, transactions or Bitcoin payments. And in fact, you could set up a service like using BTC Pay. Uh, remember for the a long time, the bull had a BTC Pay server, uh, which is just a service that, you know, a lot of people have a static Bitcoin address on their website that you can donate to Um uh, that's not that's not the most secure or best practice or modern practice uh, just because of how chain analysis works and everything. It's much more secure to generate a fresh address every time somebody wants to send you Bitcoin and you can do that with tools like BTC pay server or there's a there's a few others out there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was you know interesting idea. just instead of instead of buying Bitcoin to open your channels, just ask listeners to donate on chain transactions. Uh, to start you up. Now, the only caveat to that is 
you know, until you get that on-chain transaction to your node and then get channeled up, you're not going to be able to uh, have any kind of key send payments working to your node. You're not going to be able to put that node in a value tag until it's connected and has at least one public channel going um, and has connectivity. And um, another thing to think about is, you know, people could open a channel to a new node because really what you need is inbound liquidity anyway. So without even donating, somebody could open up a channel to a new node and then from there, you know, you can receive sats and have sats pushed into you. So there's a couple options. When you're just first getting onboarded, there's a few different options that you can look at. But uh, in order for podcasters to receive, really you don't need any skin in the game. Technically, all you need is a channel open to you from somebody else who's, who's connected. So uh, just things to consider for folks just getting their new node. And uh, Ring of Fire, I had made no progress on it since the last time we spoke, just because of all of the aforementioned busyness. But, um, well, that's kind of a lie. I did have progress in just one thing, which was a decision. Um, because you remember last week we were talking, oh, 500K, but or I want to do a million. Yeah. But what we've decided on and what Cold Acid had uh sort of let me know is we definitely want to do five. He said 500 K is plenty. It's like my high end. Um, he might even want to do a, a, a smaller one if we were doing that, which um, like I did say last week, also rethinking the strategy on that. Like what if we had some hundred K rings, maybe, maybe hmm. that would be a thing. Um, but what I've solidified is definitely the ring of fire. Number three will be a 500 sat, 500,000 sat capacity. And then I'll do Ring of Fire number four at a million sat capacity because I had, uh, I had some uh, folks interested interested, interested cool. in the one million sat uh, capacity in the bowl earlier. So yes, yeah. yes, I'll, I'll be sending emails out about that tomorrow. Um, just getting some people confirmed because right now I, I I've been in talks with people and kind of taking temperature checks about Rings of Fire and. What I have right now that I haven't followed up with are people suggesting other people who might be interested. Like uh, Dave Jones, for instance, was like, James Cridlin might be interested in something like that. But I haven't reached out directly to James. So that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I'm going to send a few emails out and just uh-huh. and just uh, get some people hard yes or hard no. And, you know, if we go through with four or five, it's still fine, too. So um, that's always a possibility as well. Very cool. And uh, that's all. That's all the cocaine I've got for today, baby. That's all. Just a bump. Just a little bump. That's all right. Now's a good time to plug the easiest ways to give value to bowl after bowl, which is by leaving a voicemail. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic, and this week's topic comes to us from the Rev Cybertrucker himself with the first time I ever quit a job like a boss. All you got to do, if you want to contribute, is... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of force will That's right. Get your voicemails in. Never too early, never too late. Um, 33 was kind of popping up all over the place on my radar this week. 
magic oh, yeah. number sightings. Yeah. I was reading a story that just happened to have the magic number in it, which is that the Department of Justice says Alabama has yet to fix its prisons where 33 inmates have died in the last three years. Dang. Little bonus. Triple threes there. Yeah. Um, I guess that they uh, filed some sort of complaint a few years back about overcrowding and understaffing at these prisons. And the, the Department of Justice said that conditions were so bad, they were unconstitutional. Because they violate the Constitution's ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the complaint was updated last Friday. Um, these inmates who died were stabbed, smothered, or choked to death. Damn. Yes. Um... And, of course, there's a litany of safety and sanitation problems that were listed, uh, one of which was that they don't have a functional fire alarm system. So, you know, if the roof is on fire, they're going to let the motherfuckers burn. Yeah. No good. No good. We don't need no water. Yeah. Those are human beings, though. So. We're supporters of human beings. I'm a supporter of human beings. B-b-b-bings. B-b-b-bings. Coincidentally, the governor of Alabama, Kay Ivey, signed a law to use 400 million doll hairs in pandemic relief funds to build new prison facilities. Two of them, with 4,000 beds each, along with a women's prison. And then it, later on it says, and to renovate other facilities. Mm. But can you imagine that? It's like you can't take care of the facilities you've already got and you're wanting to build new ones. They just like spending money. They oh, just, yeah, $400 million in pandemic relief. And what are they doing? Building prisons. Yeah. I like money, though. <laughs> Them too. But for now, in the apocalypse, just send some Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Long Island woman was revived 33 times after having a heart attack. Wow, that was a mystical ding. Yeah, that, that that's, the bell had a heart attack. <laughs> that's yeah, kind of the sound you might hear at the pearly gates, I guess. She go. was <laughs> forty-seven when this happened last May. I'm not exactly sure what made the story timely and come up this week, other than she's having a wedding in September. Um, she's not famous; she's just a lady. Uh, but she started feeling numbness in her arm and chest pain, so um, her fiance called an ambulance and it's a good thing he did because she suffered a widow maker which is when uh the left anterior descending artery is 100 percent blocked oof yeah so i mean it's called a widow maker so you know it's not good yeah that means you're usually dead yeah they shocked her with the defibrillator 33 times oh my god over the span of an hour and 20 minutes wow that's a lot then inserted a stent to open the artery, along with an impella device to help blood flow to the heart. But that device failed, and her kidneys started to fail. She was put on dialysis. Then she, uh, when she was conscious again and alive, she came down with pneumonia while in the hospital and ended up staying there for three weeks. Dang. 
So once again, three has popped into the 33 story. Um, now the doctor said she made it out completely normal, but I think that's a terrible thing to say because she currently is receiving cognitive therapy and suffers from extremely short-term memory loss and is heading for what they're saying is a full recovery, but that's not completely normal. Come on. Yeah. Uh, But then again, I guess you can say, what is normal? What indeed? What indeed? No one knows. She had no history of heart disease. Um, They didn't list any comorbidities. They didn't list her vaccination status. But who knows? Who knows? She's on the mend and she's getting married. So, And finally, this is a great story. This one was fun. So fun. Prosecutors in Nebraska have dropped 33 more cases over evidence stolen from the state patrol. Oh. Yes, drugs were stolen out of their evidence room this summer. Oh, no. So 33 felony cases were dropped in addition to the initial wave of 66 dismissals before the end of October. Wow, that's like a... Right? 99 altogether. Damn. Yeah, uh, the former evidence technician allegedly conspired with her boyfriend to sell drugs right out of the evidence room, and $1.2 million worth of drugs went missing over that time period that she worked there, which throws a wrench in all the cases where this technician was a part of the chain of custody. (laughs) That's a lot more than 99 cases, guaranteed. So, uh... Five cases that were mentioned were over pot possession, um, over a pound of pot, and one was actually a seizure in from 2004 of 200 pounds of pot. And I'm just thinking, like, 200 pounds of pot sitting in the evidence room. I know. Uh, and then she's selling it, like... it. She's selling it in the past, you know, three to five years. That's might be nasty pot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just you just think of it there. sitting around getting dry maybe molding if they right right um but they're expecting attorneys to start filing post-conviction motions to vacate sentences in any case where she was the evidence technician handling the evidence so uh the totals the rundown here of all the things that went missing 150 pounds of pot 20 pounds of cocaine, Oof. 10 pounds of fentanyl, 9 pounds of heroin, <laughs> 3 pounds of meth, and 269 pills. They had to count them all. <laughs> it's like, I just see the, the making phone calls. It's just like, you're, I, what do you even say? You're off the hook. Like, you're felony or just dropping it. I won't be seeing you in court. I don't know. That's like uh, some divine intervention for these folks, especially the kids or adults or whoever, grandmas, grandpas, who got caught with pot. That's what you get in Nebraska. This is karma in action. Yeah, man. And then I have an update on a 33 story from episode 102 of Bowl After Bowl. A man who was uh, fraudulently claiming his dead parents' pensions for 33 years, he had his court date. This is over in Ireland. I remember Um, that one, yeah. Yeah. And the update is that he told the court and his attorney told the court after he put in a guilty plea that he has a serious gambling problem. So none of that money is around at all. 
he gambled away close to a million pounds. And um, he pled guilty to 73 counts of social welfare fraud, 68 of which were related to theft, and five were for false documentation. So the defense is asking the judge to sign him up for a gambling diversion program, given his chronic addiction to gambling. That's a great way to use the money. I'm just saying. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. Hope to make more money with the money, but... Yeah, because you hit the big smackaroonie and you can just end the scam, you know? And that's probably what's going through the guy's mind. He's like, well, I'll just win the jackpot one day and then I'll disappear. It's done. She can afford to disappear. And until then, you just keep trying, you know, just keep bleeding it away. And then you never hit the big smackaroonie and the big smackaroonie hits you one day and... You get smacked sometimes. The rest is a 33 story. So, yeah, February 15th is his sentencing. So we'll be back. For the third time with that story. But, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, everyone knew they were going to ramp up the coof scare, the continuing... Oh, and did they ever? Coofing, yeah. Oh, yeah, but there's some great news mixed in here, so just hang tight as I get through the 33s. There were... (coughs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit. 33 new deaths in Montana and Oklahoma. Still not like, you know, they're not getting back to the Delta variant numbers. This new thing is a dud. Everyone's over it. Uh, 33 new cases in Michigan, uh, Oregon, and the United Kingdom. Then there were 33 boarding school students who tested positive in India. But then the lovely Show Me State last Wednesday, after our wonderful Blessed Token Tuesday, well, a judge here said that the health department orders, like business closures, for example... Or unconstitutional. Clothing is optional, but pot is not. Oh, that was not the right drop. This was the drop. Yo. Although the other drop was factually correct. That's right. Uh, So I brought a clip. I have a few clips here. Okay. Null and void. That's what a Missouri Circuit Court judge is saying about existing health orders in the state trying to stop the spread of COVID-19. A Cole County court judge has made a ruling that local mandates are illegal. So a lawsuit was filed in 2020 at the height of the pandemic when St. Louis City and County, along with other jurisdictions, were issuing health mandates. And just yesterday, Judge Daniel Green ruled orders like quarantines and business closures violate the state's constitution. And since the courts nullify statutes, regulations, and orders by executives, it means this ruling stays. Now, as for St. Louis City, a spokesperson shares this does not apply to them and the city's mask mandate stays in place. Now, this is because their own legislature, the Board of Aldermen, keep voting for a mask mandate to remain. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. They just, the Board of Aldermen get to override the whole thing? Yeah, well, St. Louis is crooked. Crooked, crooked. And then the Show Me State was getting some representation in another great movement against the COVID-1984. So I have another clip. Oh, nice. Just one week before it was set to take effect, a federal judge sided with 10 states and shot down a coronavirus vaccine mandate impacting more than 17 million healthcare workers nationwide. Here in flyover country, we've had enough. And we're going to fight back every single time they try to take our freedoms away. In granting an injunction, St. Louis-based U.S. District Judge Matthew Shelp 
ruled that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid had no clear authority to enact the mandate, which Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt called a clear overreach of government. This is about individual freedom, this is about individual rights, and uh, we've succeeded in persuading the court that this mandate uh, violated all of those tenants. While the court noted that the mandate could cause a loss of staff, it doesn't stop private employers from setting their own standard. We're obviously going to abide by the law and fight uh, any uh, efforts in court or otherwise to prevent uh, local authorities, officials, uh, leaders in the healthcare industry and other industries from protecting their workforces. But I think people have had enough of the government locking people down. They've had enough of the government instituting mass mandates. They've had enough of the government uh, instituting vaccine requirements. And so every time there's an overreach, we're going to push back. And I think today's evidence that we're going to win those fights. Attorney General Schmidt says he expects the Department of Justice to appeal this decision and that he believes this case could wind up in front of the Supreme Court. That's right. We're going to fight. We're going to win. Now, I did clip what Jen Psaki said there because it sounded so weird. I, I might just not be hearing it right, but uh, any uh, efforts in court or otherwise to prevent uh, local authorities, officials, uh, leaders in the healthcare industry and other industries from protecting their workforces. Yeah, she says orders to prevent them from protecting. It was a mishear on my part, but I just heard prevent them from protecting. And I'm like, yeah, by not allowing people to be free and do what's best for themselves. Right. Well, you know, they want to spin it the other way. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, but on that not high allowing note, us to keep people safe. <laughs> yeah. On that high note, though, let's go behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Curtain, curtain. Yeah, it feels so good to be back here. Yeah, so, it does. I actually have something for that, too. It feels so good to be back. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know it would be that hot. but So good. <laughs> so hot. So sorry. Yeah, that's all right. We'll forgive you. Yeah, this new setup is like very confusing, I must say, before we get uh, too crazy. I, before you know, too crazy. Well, okay. We're already uh, there, I it's think. It's a little late for that, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, the Motu, the Ultralight Mark IV, we set it up. Remember last week we had the noise gate and everything enabled. Basically, we were just running the two mics through it. And then running the main out from the Motu into our regular board. And basically very little had changed other than you had a compressor and I had a compressor. And you had a sound gate and I had a sound gate. Noise gate, I should say. Well, this week we're only going through the Motu. So everything's running off the Motu. And God, it is a pain in the ass to learn how to route <laughs> the thing. Oh, I mean, I looked, I read the manual. I was looking through the manual. In fact, I, I had a preamble on the show reading the manual and the garble jarble that it is. Makes no damn sense at all. You're looking at these screens and it's just like a grid of squares, blue squares. Uh, Blueberry was hitting me up trying to get help uh, with his Mo2 as well. And we've kind of been playing um, Just Missed You, Just Missed You. He texted me while I was out. Um, we were hanging out in the woods over the weekend, shooting some guns and being good old boys. Blowing up some Tannerite. Blowing up some Tannerite. Driving around in uh, side-by-sides. That kind of stuff, you know, the good stuff. The Missouri stuff. And uh, I was just like, man, I'll hit, I'll hit you back when I'm uh, back at my dad's. And then it was pretty late when I got back there. I think he went uh, to chill at the bar. And then he, you know, same with Bimrose. He, yeah. he hit me up on the chat. And chat tag. Like three feet too far away to see it. 
But man, I feel your pain, boobs, because I'm sitting here running a Motu and uh, it's not intuitive, but we do have everything routed correctly. I'm just, it's going to be interesting tomorrow when I have to be a guest somewhere if I can correctly get my sound mm. out without making everybody like loop and feedback and stuff, you know? I might have to might have to wiggle some more wires with it. Oh man. But the one thing that is cool is I can log into this web interface and it's all on my phone, just like a touchscreen interface. So all of the physical sliders that I like and the physical mute buttons, they're still software, but like they have a touch interface. So I will say it's kind of clumsy. I know Adam runs like a what do they call them? The Microsoft tablet. Uh, he runs one of those and uses that to control the Motu. I don't know, man. It might be worth just getting like a, a one of the cheapest tablets. Surface, that's what they call them. Hmm. It might be good just get like a cheap ass Android tablet or something with just a big screen that I can I can diddle the sliders. Yes, cold ass cold ass oh, came through a Surface. Diddle the sliders on a bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah, because like right now, basically, You're using your phone. Yeah, it's up and down in portrait mode on my phone. And you know I can uh, I can see all of the inputs, but like I've got to scroll to them. Mm. So like I can turn myself down and make myself quieter. I can get louder and louder and all that kind of stuff from my phone, which is really awesome. But but when I turn it to portrait mode, then like the mute button disappears and a bunch of different things happen because of the view screen. So oh yeah, it's just like it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to, man. It's gonna kind of be a little hiccupy and a little uh, herky jerky until I figure it out, and. Oh my god, try to go on any of the Motu forums or just try to Google search your way around like a specific Motu problem. Good fucking luck with you, sir. Womp womp. Good fucking luck. That's all I have to say about that. Well, once you got it down, you know, maybe you'll help onboard mo pe- more people to the Motu life. Yes. Yeah, and uh, another- come up with some analogies or something. <laughs> just another uh, case of the blind leading the blind and yet another technology. I can do it. More hopping in that car and putting the key in and your foot down on yeah. the gas. Just drive, baby. <laughs> just drive. Just bounce off of the trees back into the center of the road. Speaking of driving, the CDC decided to offer some unsolicited advice for workplaces to mitigate the risk of people driving while high. Oh, how I, nice of them. I didn't know this was their place. I was like, hey, disease control, not, you know, weed control. But it turns out... The National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health is under the CDC. The things you'll learn. And uh, that was established in 1970 under Nixon, along with OSHA. Perfect. Yeah. But NIOC, with an H, NIOCH, whatever, uh, it's a research agency, which, you know, to me, immediately is like, wow, this is a waste of money, isn't it? Um, And they basically are trying to tell employers you should go with a zero-tolerance policy, except for, depending on your state laws, that's probably not possible. And I'm surprised they didn't just say, oh, it's federally illegal, so go with a zero-tolerance policy on people driving impaired for you. Um, But they say, you know, the ideal policy would be one that prohibits workers from using weed on the job or showing up high. Oh, yeah. uh, Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Blame it on the weed, right. Um, At the end, of course, they say employers should provide access to support employees that have drug problems, you know, because smoking weed is a drug problem. Um, And if they did any fucking research, 
they would see that there has been no correlation at all between car accidents and people driving high. It's been debunked. Yeah. Debunked, I tell you. Debunked entirely. But here we are. Here we are, these feddies getting paid good bucks to write more fear porn for everyone to enjoy. Ugh. Unsolicited advice. I just couldn't believe that. I saw CDC and weed in the same uh, part of my eyeball and was like, no. I think it's very bad for our country. Stay off my grass. But, well, courts in Pima County, Arizona are apparently not honoring the expungement clause that's laid out in Prop 207 that passed, Uh, given them recreational weed. What? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, They say that judges are demanding to know the exact weight of the weed involved with people's cases. And in a lot of these cases, some of them going back to the 70s, you know, where the hell are you going to find that information? What are you going to do when law enforcement doesn't want to comply, give you the information, doesn't know where it is, can't find it, all the excuses... Oh, you're going to have to pay us for that. Whatever. I already do. Yeah, that's a chicken shit response for sure. So, um. Doesn't say anything about the weight in the fucking. No. Expungement law. No. And they, the, the, they're pushing back. Um, these judges, they're saying, well, we just have to make sure that it's eligible. And the argument to that, I believe, is that it's eligible unless you can prove otherwise. Yeah, I agree. If it can be proven, then it should be assumed eligible. Exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, and who gives a fuck? No. I mean, wait. Okay, you you have 400,000 pounds a pot. Still don't give a fuck. Oh. How about same. that? Same. Same, but here we are. Here we are. This is America. And, uh, you know, the attorney's office gave a statement where they said, or a senior counsel from Pima County's attorney's office said, well, there's ambiguity when it comes to interpreting brand new law. It's like, man, it says expunge. Prior convictions. That's all. Just do it. Just do your job. Am I asking for that much? No, I'm asking for you to do your job. And people have to go through the work of filing all the paperwork and whatever anyway. It's not like there's that much to their job. Just put a fucking stamp on it, right? I mean, it seems pretty simple. It's written simply. The big wig puts a stamp on it and hands it down to a little desk secretary or whatever, and then she's going to go on the computer and expunge the thing. Right. This is a stamp and a click. Or at least it should be. And if it's not, that's their problem to figure out. Yes, I agree with you. <sighs> now, another one getting me riled up this week. Uh-oh. Surveillance videos uh, show San Francisco police officers sitting in their car watching as suspects drove off in their getaway vehicle after looting a dispensary. <laughs> I almost said dispensary again, but a dispensary. <laughs> A San Fran dispensary on Tuesday, November 16th, right? And so this is before the weekend string of robberies happened, Um, but the looters were called in and the cops showed up as they were walking out with trash bags full of pot and pot accessories and pot products, all the good stuff, and then they're just casually putting it in the car while this cop in his vehicle is just shining a flashlight on him. Dude gets out of the car, helps one of the robbers put the stuff in. Another guy comes out of the dispensary, loads his shit up, gets in the car, and then the cop gets out of his car, like pretty much as they're in their getaway vehicle, ready to go, and starts just leisurely walking up to the vehicle while the vehicle then does a very fucking calm three-point turn and leaves. No sense of urgency on either sides of this one. 
So what the fuck? It's now a Department of Police Accountability matter, at least. But what's going on here? It's, it's crazy. Hey, hey, those boys stole pot and pot accessories. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. <laughs> oh, it's just like, okay, I feel like maybe they'll go back on like, well, you know, maybe this isn't worth risking our life over because it's federally illegal or something. No, I mean, if or is it a corrupt cop in there? Is there are they if helping? If it's San Francisco, they probably confused as fuck they're like oh they're stealing stuff but it's pot but it's stealing but <laughs> is, is it know, less than a you know ten thousand yeah, dollars worth of merchandise we're not supposed or... to arrest people with the stealing i mean i'm okay, sorry a I smash can, and grab i can see the conflict there i can't now i forgot about those things you know yeah. is it felony stealing uh, i'm sure it was imagine it was trash bags <laughs> full of weed just, just imagine being a fucking bay area cop and then you've got to be like no thanks oh uh, but oh shit! <laughs> Every is... time you see a crime in progress, you gotta be like, "Oh wait, but this isn't a crime, but it's a crime." But we're not arresting for this crime unless it's a crime enough to be a crime. Wait, is this a crime? The PCPD. Ugh. Is it a crime to pay more than a no? <laughs> not if you were stoned at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well. God damn it. So, uh, in light. Of all the robberies that occurred in California, um, the smash and grabs, weed business owners rallied together at Oakland City Hall uh, to demand tax amnesty because they weren't protected by the police. Right. They weren't protected by anyone. They just are victims. And on top of all that, the canna businesses, in Oakland at least, pay a 6% tax rate, while all the non canna businesses pay like 0.12%. In taxes. Whoa. That's 600% more taxes. Yeah, that's a lot. More than that. That's highway robbery. Oh, because it's federally illegal, duh. It's just fucked up. States' rights over federal bullshit. Come on. How did we get this far? How did it get so fucked? I mean, it's been, I don't know. It's a long and winding road. It reminds me, it's just like the repetition of fear memes. You know, like the driving while high meme, the fentanyl-laced weed meme. Is this shit real? No. But if you say it enough times, people will believe it. Yeah. You know, people who have no interest especially. People don't smoke pot or whatever. They're just going to regurgitate that shit because it's what they heard. And they make sure you hear it. They use the taxpayer dollars to fund yeah. all these ad campaigns, no, essentially. Fear porn campaigns. If you ever, if you ever called out on it, you can just knee jerk make up a cousin. Oh Lord, a cousin! Yeah, he got fitting on his pot. He did. That's for real, man. <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah. Well, in Illinois, this might be a step in the right direction. A judge ruled that the smell of pot is not probable cause to search a vehicle. It's a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Honey, you rate. Right. <laughs> you know, with medical and all, it shouldn't be reason to search a vehicle. I mean, it's so loud. It's so loud, you know, your nose can smell it. <laughs> Not if you were stoned at the time. <laughs> but I was trying to find a list of all the states that have ruled that, oh, you know, this... You don't have probable probable cause here because I feel like I've said this story at least 
three times, maybe 33 times behind the curtain now. But hey, whatever. We'll see if they honor it. Yeah. Man, I remember the first time I... It was like right around when Colorado legalized and the cops got these fucking smelloscopes or something. <laughs> oh, I remember the, the picture. Goofiest thing. You remember that? It looks like a megaphone, yeah. but somehow it's big. you you stick it up your nose holes. Oh man. It's like a sousaphone. You no. Know, if a megaphone and something from a susicle came together and made a a smell vision. Seems baby. just like an onion prank, you know. It had to be a meme. It had to just be fake. But we'll never know. We'll never yeah. know. I don't want to find out either. Oh, I you totally know? forgot about even reading about those until you said that. But I can see the picture clear as day in my mind's eye. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, the St. Louis Board of Aldermen uh, have snuck behind the curtain. Oh, did they? Because they passed a decriminalization bill, and they're just waiting for the mayor to sign it. Oh, yeah? What kind of decrim bill? Because like, the whole state's decrim. No, the whole state has a medical market but this would just uh well it repeals st louis ordinances that penalize low-level possession Uh, which is defined as possessing up to two ounces uh as well as home grow up to six plants nice they don't want to waste time going after people growing a little pot smoking a little pot carrying around a little pot no that seems reasonable yeah Uh, in fact dare i say it seems like a... It's a step in the right direction, after all. It is. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. This is not, though. Uh, the Pueblo Indian Tribe in New Mexico. Well, they're accusing the federal government of a discriminatory double standard after a medical patient's garden on tribal land was raided. Uh, no warnings or nothing. Cop just came in. Fetty just came in. Asked him what he was growing. Dude's like, here's my vegetables. Here's my medicine. And the Fed was like, well, you know, that can be a problem. And then just destroyed the garden. That's officer douche. Seriously. So I guess this guy isn't Native American himself, but he's married to a tribal member and lives on their territory. Just seems wrong. Just seems wrong. Why is a Fed wandering in there and stirring up shit? Yeah, man, come on. Supposed to be like sovereign land, right? Supposed to be. I don't know how it actually works, to be quite honest with you, but... Well, they... they... It just feels wrong, man. (laughs) The whole thing has always felt wrong, okay? You're a fucking fed. (laughs) Stay in Washington behind a desk somewhere. Yeah, seriously. Push some more pencils. Fucking fed. Or whatever you do all day. Stop creeping. Stop hanging around. Ugh. Spooky. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, the big question really is, why did they do that you know there's no answer there at all yeah and esther Oma points out in the chat just after thanksgiving come on thanksgiving dudes yeah what come the on. hell that's pretty bad that's pretty low pretty low pretty low and uh, this story got me feeling so low uh-oh that i had to go get high because <laughs> south dakota's supreme court finally did a thing and what did they do they upheld the lower judge's ruling that the voter-approved recreational legalization me- measure is invalid because following in the footsteps of Nebraska, it 
violated the state's requirement that constitutional amendments deal with just one subject. God, I hate that that lame excuse is catching on. Like one, all the other judges saw it. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, the three states that don't have any sort of weed shit going on. Yeah, they're like clinging to this prohibition just with like this white knuckle grip. They're like, no, no, prohibition must live forever. No. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for Christy Nome with this whole thing because it was her campaign, really, that kicked it off. The voters voted it in. It could have just been left alone and good to go. But no. And they say, uh, you know, well, how was it more than one subject? Well, the amendment touched on business licensing, taxation, hemp cultivation. And then they say that it overstepped the authority of the executive and legislative branches of government by giving the administrative power to the Department of Revenue. Because, you know, the people don't run this whole thing, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. We do run it. Yeah, I know. That's the fucking joke, you <laughs> know? like supposed to. W- we do. Yes. So we have to take it back. This is fucking ridiculous. No, I'm We have to I'm, do something. I'm you right there with you, man. Keep playing these games. The fuck this game. It's <laughs> Ah, they crept in here. And they ruined our game. This is our government run by our people. We pay for this shit. Stop taking it up the ass, South Dakota. Come on. I mean, I know the activists are out there gathering signatures, but they're once again praying that, you know, the court system will let them submit their signatures in May, which was president set before, but, you know, they're weed. They're probably going to say you should have had it in a month ago, November. You know, that's your real deadline. Just because we ruled this way for one people doesn't mean we're going to rule it for all you pot smokers out there. All you midnight tokers. Yeah, you guys are so, bad. You and guys then, are bad. worst of all, of course, the lawmakers, the lawmakers are trying to pass a bill to legalize recreationally. Yeah. And that would just be bad news. That's a terrible bill that they're proposing. It has no home grow. Yeah, they want to get out in front of it and have it like just restrictive beyond measure. Yes. So they can control it. Because they know that they can't, they probably can't stop it in the long term. So they're going to just be like, no, we're, our bill legalizes it. And then they'll, they'll be the gatekeeper. It's, I mean, the whole scam started. You got to remember, like, one of the federal scams started, it was on a tax stamp. It was the Marijuana Tax Act in the late 30s. 30s, yeah. So the, basically the scam was that, all right, weed's not, like, we can't ban this plant weed. But in order to have it, you have to have a tax stamp, and we're not selling the tax stamps. And they arrest some like busted ass farmer out in Kansas for it. What? And he's like the oh. first, the first pot arrest if you look him up, man. It's wow. Like, boom, 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 boom. And that's when everyone should have said, "Fuck you, motherfuckers." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's coming yeah. up on the centennial in just a decade. Wow. Makes you sick. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's wild. How come my alcohol prohibition ended so much faster? Because people smashed shit and were getting like uh, mowed down in the streets oh, over come the on, stoners. illegal <laughs> alcohol trade. Weed is a different animal, man. It totally weed is, is a different yeah. animal. Weed is a different animal. Not, not to say there's not violence in the weed black market. There's plenty of it, and it's a shame. It's terrible. But um, you know, I've lost friends to it. But it's just not the same as alcohol prohibition was. Not at all. Man. It's less visible. And the prohibition history for alcohol in Kansas City is so cool with all like the underground tunnels and all these 
storing places, you know, caves. Yeah. Eh, we just casually kept our alcohol here. But now ah, well, someday we'll get to enjoy the history of pot prohibition. Someday. Yeah, that'll be a great uh, day. My last story is an international one. Uh, the Afghanistan Ministry of Interior Affairs, or the Taliban, of course, you know, announced last token <laughs> Tuesday that it signed a contract with a company called Sea Farm to set up a hashish processing company uh, and create a bunch of jobs, you know, in like $420,000 a year. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a tweet. Okay, that was their announcement. It was a tweet. but <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it was funny nonetheless. And then this Australian firm with the name Sea Farm comes out and is like, we have no idea what any of y'all are talking about because obviously the media was hitting them up. Like, right. you signed this contract with the are we Taliban? Gonna comment? Are, can we get a, a comment? A comment. We would like a comment. And then uh, the Taliban was like, no, not them. They're a German company. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what's up, Germany. Yeah, Germany. Is this for real, for real? Is Germany selling pot to the Taliban? Germany is always so out of control, man. <laughs> uh, not as out of control as the metal moments. Oh, the, you know the metal moment is always out of control. Out of control. Hey, Kenny, give me a metal hit. Holy rested metal, Batman. Huh? What the fuck was that, dude? <laughs> Come on, man. We got to let everybody know where they're at. Now... As the more perceptive of you have probably realized by now, this is hell. All right, motherfucker. No more catnip for you. All right, that's better. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's Christmas Metal Moment. I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus is probably my favorite Christmas carol. And my favorite version comes off of the album A Twisted Christmas by Twisted Sister. Coming in at track six on that album, this is I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Rockin'. Yeah, rockin' Christmas. Is that uh, is that time of year, man? It Get is. In the spirit of things. Get in the spirit of things. Well, sorry for the rough start. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll fix it. I'll fix it before we put it out. Okay, whatever. Whatever, whatever. It's, it's them, in the bowl. It's behind them, the curtain. We're the Motu Blues, man. What can I say? Motu Blues. I got the Motu Blues. Yeah, so if you're uh, listening to this in the future, that's going to sound uh, great. <laughs> yeah. You say, what are they talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about? I don't know, but we will be saying Merry Christmas. Indeed. That's for damn sure. Merry Christmas. Now, I want to see what the bowlers had to say. 
Oh, wait, but before that, every week the Rev puts out a poll on No Agenda Social to pick the next metal moment. So you got to go vote. You got to get on there. There will be a link to the poll in the show notes. That's right. We'll have a link. You can pull it up. Pull it around. Vote. Poll after poll. <laughs> Make your poll heard. Make your voice heard. That's a dumb place to keep polls. Hey, the bowlers called in and uh, they they are weighing in on our first time I ever topic for this week, which was the first time I ever quit a job like a boss. Uh, so if you got a story to share, you can call 816-607-DOOF, just like this next doof did. You know, I've had surprisingly few jobs over the, the years, and I don't know that I've ever quit a job like a boss. Um, it's actually been... Uh, I don't know, 20 years since – it's actually been more than 20 years since I've had to quit a job, um, really. Nice. Um, just because, and, and I don't know whether that's lucky or not. Um, I think certainly so. Certainly in my industry, people move around quite a bit. I happen to get uh, the right place, the right situation, the right time, um, and uh, so I haven't done that. But I think the last time I quit a job – I've been fired, uh, actually – the first real job I had that was with a company um, that, you know, as, as, uh, as something approaching an adult, this was right before I graduated college. Yeah, I got fired from that job, um, <laughs> but uh, after about three weeks. And that ended up, and I, and at the time, yes, I was devastated when it happened, but then I immediately got the reaction of, well, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I learned a lot of lessons from uh, from that whole experience, in fact. Um, the other thing, uh, you know, then, then and then really, um, you know, I mean, you, you always, you know, some of it was quitting jobs for more money. Uh, sometimes it was just a change of uh, who was paying my paycheck because I was basically working for the other, another company or whatever. And then, yeah, and then and then I went to go, uh, you know, then, and then, yeah, I don't know that I ever quit like a boss. Uh, I, I assume that meant like a take this job and shove it kind of thing. Yeah, um, well, yeah. But, yeah, I never actually did that. Um, I just did it as a, you know, it's just a, uh, yeah, I found a different opportunity. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have it in me to do the take a, take this job and shove it thing. Cause that was, you know, actually that was one of the first things I'd learned. And when I, when I quit my last job or that, or that, or that, when I, or when I got fired from that, from that first job that I had, um, yeah, that don't burn bridges. That's, and that's an important thing. So, so that's probably why I've never, you know, quit this, you know, quit a job like a boss, right? I guess that's a, yeah, you know, that's one of my experiences, but yeah. All right, well, you'll have to insert all your favorite funny sounds here uh, because I'm not doing this from uh, from my soundboard today. So uh, so in the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl, phone boy. Insert. Favorite fucking sounds? No, funny sounds. Oh. <laughs> I've got some both, I mean. Oh, yes. The board is a versatile place. Funny fucking sounds. You'd love it. <laughs> I do. I love it. You love it. I love the board. I love Phone Boy. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the first time I ever topic is always open to a, a great amount of interpretation. It's merely a starting point for what your voicemail and story could be. And yeah, I think that you can quit a job like a boss in a very low-key manner also. I think there's other ways to do it. But I think, like, the overall spirit of the question is, you know, did you walk off before you were going to take it from them, you know? You're like, you know what? I can go elsewhere. Whether it's like standing up and flipping a desk over and saying, fuck you, I can go elsewhere. Or whether it's just going elsewhere and proving it with your actions. I think both are boss-like in nature. I agree. Um, just like this next caller. Certainly boss-like in nature. So, tonight's F-Ti topic. Ever quit a job like a boss? Why, yes. Yes, I have. Oh, very nice. And I'll tell you all about it. Woo-hoo. So I was working as a dump truck driver, 
for a construction company, and I had gotten my son a job with me. And for whatever reason, the guys on the crew he was working with just could not stop hazing the shit out of him. And, construction. you know, the They'll supervisor yeah. did not like me. He was some punk-ass motherfucker. And he threw his hard hat one day, which pissed me off. And the very next day, my son asked the owner slash boss if he could talk to him because there was supposed to be an open-door policy. And it was first thing in the morning, and I watched him walk in the door, and 30 minutes, or excuse me, 30 seconds later, I watched him walk back out. And he was very upset. Well, the next day, because I was his ride to work, so the boss asked me kind of snarkily if he'll see me tomorrow, and I didn't like the way that he did it. So, Mm. of course... I started plotting my quit and my revenge if shit went sideways or if anybody said a damn thing to me. So, I don't know how long I have, but if it cuts me off, I will uh, call back. So, I bring him home, but I didn't like the way that the guy was smirking. So, the next day, it had been raining. So, they washed dump trucks when it rained. And the boss asked me if I saw that my truck had been washed. And I said that I didn't care, and the boss said, well, you should care. And I said, yeah, well, a lot of people should care about things they don't. And he's like, are we going to have a problem about yesterday? And I said, yeah, matter of fact, we are. I said, because you said you have an open-door policy, and my son came to you looking to resolve a problem, and you told him you didn't have time and didn't want to hear about it. And, yeah, so, yeah, we have a big problem. So he didn't like me saying that, told me that I could clean myself out of the truck. Well, as far as I was considered, that became game on. Okay, before it cuts me off, I'll call back. Okay. Uh-oh, it's game, game on. Game on. It's game on, bro. Game on time. Let's hear it. Yeah, okay. So he tells me to clean out the truck. I say no problem. I go get all my stuff. And in the meantime, I see the little prick that threw his hard hat and was causing all kinds of trouble trying to get my ass fired. Uh-oh. You're a baby back bitch. And he looked and he's like, what? And I said, you fucking heard me. I said, did it make your dick hard to harass my son to the point where he couldn't take it anymore and needed to quit? And then I looked at the owner and boss of the company and said, did it make yours hard too? That when he came to you for help, you completely dismissed him? Yeah, that didn't really go over well. So hard. And I subsequently, after asking him that, told him that he couldn't fuck with my career because I'm fucking Teflon and as the job I currently hold, I proved it. And then I got in my car and I swung gravel for as far as those tires would throw it. (laughs) And I never went back. And as far as I'm concerned, that man and his company can burn to the motherfucking ground and I wouldn't piss on the ashes to put him out. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl, Phoenix. Hell yeah. Woo. Listen, you motherfuckers. <laughs> she totally quit that like a boss. Yes. Throwing a boss gravel indeed. and everything. Yeah, you picked the wrong one to fuck with on that one. No doubt. Construction, man. I've, to- I've told construction stories before, man. There's always a just like endless ball busting. It's always this pecking order, like locker room, gym locker room type bullshit going on constantly. You know? It would be very tough. Uh,. As a woman, probably, and also 
as like a, a mother son, you know, working together. It'd just be tough in that atmosphere of construction. I feel like. I'm sorry, man. This next caller is the man that gave us the metal moment, Rev. Hey guys, Reverend here. Hey Rev. I'm just calling in to tell you about the time I quit a job like a fucking boss. Yes. I was working for a car hauling company out of Ohio. And the boss man was a little on the, uh, shall I say, uh, niggardly side. Uh, actually, he was way over on that side of the fence when it comes to being tight-fisted. Tight-fisted. And uh, I drove for him. I drove a conventional tractor, which is a big truck, and then a seven-car uh, trailer. And the trailer wasn't in all that great a repair, but usually it worked. So I didn't have too much of a problem with it. But one day... I realized that the brakes on it weren't working all that well, so I told them after I had made a delivery of seven cars, I told them I need to bring this thing into the shop and get the brakes adjusted on it before I put any more cars on it because it's going to wreck. He said, no, go pick up your, your next load and then come in and have the, have the brakes adjusted. And I told him, you remember what I told you when I first signed on? And he said, what's that? I said, if you ever compromise my safety, you can fucking go to hell. He said, yeah. I said, okay. I just wanted to know if you remembered. So I went. I dropped off, uh, made sure my, my load was all dropped off, got the paperwork done, drove the truck over to the shop, parked it, locked the keys in it, emptied it out, got in my car, fucking drove home to West Virginia. And two weeks later, he filed for bankruptcy. Oh, snap. So I quit like a fucking boss. <laughs> Devastating quit. Yeah, dude. Karma's a bitch. Wow. Fuck dude, yeah, Rev. Some tough group of motherfuckers in the ball. And Phoenix, right? wow. And fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Don't take no shit, won't be no shit. That's right. I mean, if you think about it. But I, I'd probably take at least a little bit of shit from this next color. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, one time I quit a job. In air quotes. Oh, man. Uh, because I was too high at work. Does that count? Oh, yeah, that counts. Oh. Did you just now quit your job? Was that like <laughs> it a sounded live? sounded like it. Was that like a live VM? Oh, Did it go down as you time? Oh, man. I'll have to ask oh, you tomorrow man. night. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, filed yeah. under the clips I don't use enough. Like this one. Well, this one is only new tonight on the board. Do you know how bad you sound? Oh, that's a great one. I do. It hurts me inside. I do know how bad I sound. Phone boy speaks. That's right. When he speaks, when he speaks, he listens. Anyway, I thought you had a clip for that. I really did. (laughs) Then I didn't see it. I don't have my glasses on, so then I'm squinting, and I'm like, "Nah, it's been too long." Abandoned ship. Abandoned ship. Abandoned ship. Hey, you didn't skip a voicemail, did you? We all listen. There we go. Well, no, of course I didn't skip a voicemail. Cool. Why would I ever skip a voicemail? Well, not intentionally. <laughs> Never skip this caller. Oh, yes. It's good. It's good, 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 Oh, yeah. I can love that Led Zeppelin. Oh, fuck 
Mud Zeppelin. Nice. Oh, man. It's the perfect music for the bowl. Yeah, uh, you know I got you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, I hit it so well. I hit it so fucking well. Oh, you hit it, like, right in the center. I'm bowls with butts because you gave me, you gave me the open door. You gave me all the love. You took me into your arms and you embraced me and you made me feel loved and appreciated and welcome and initiated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And uh, you really, you really brought so much light into my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Bulls with Barbells. I love the Hell yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I hit it, and I am feeling mighty fine. Thank All you right. very much. I, um, I didn't say anything on NAS, and I wanted to say it straight to you. Okay. But I really appreciate everything that you have given and uh, all the encouragement, all the love, and... <laughs> All the tokes and all the smokes and yeah. all the strokes that you have given <laughs> <laughs> has been magnificent and wonderful. It was it was a joy. It really was. It really was amazing. I had an amazing time with you guys and uh, you two, you two sexy love birds. <laughs> you two, smoky toky. Yeah. Stoners, my favorite. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> I might call in with a story, but I've never really. Um, quit a job quite like a boss. Yeah. Boss. Because I don't go out with a bang. I just leave silently when I get to that point. Slip out the back door. And um, I might, and then I like have called it in, but I'll tell you more maybe. Thank you. Uh, yeah, let this be a merry, smoky, toky, strokey night for everyone. In the bowl, in the bowl, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, ass. Hell yeah. Absolute she, pleasure having you here. She nailed the three minute thing, man. Yeah, she did. She murdered it. Yeah, yeah. We just do it again sometime. That was a lot of fun. Anytime. A lot of fun. Yeah. Say when. Try when. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Another hammered boast show for you in the books for sure. Oh, it's so bad. I, I, my bowl, <laughs> my buds come into my bowl and it's just going nuts dude it just oh, go too far there's no limit you know there's no edge for me i just keep going <laughs> <laughs> oh the post shows are the the uh this is gonna keep going the roast shows really for me <laughs> you brought this on yourself man because yeah. i never hear the end of it from you <laughs> You just did the same thing over and over and over again. Just I, dip. <laughs> I don't know why mine is like the only voice you can do. You do it so well. <laughs> it's practice, you know, I practice. Hey, when's you. the first time you quit a job like a boss? The first time I ever quit a job like a boss, it was the first job I ever had. Oh. Which I talked about, well, first on paper job, which I talked about last week. Well, the old Wendy's again. For the first time I watched a training video, yes. Oh, yeah. Those training videos, by the way, I was playing <laughs> for Ian up there. Gold. Golden oldies. Just like, oh, I bet you've never seen some shit like this, Timeless man. classics. I couldn't believe it myself. The grill skills. You need the one with the grilled skills. <laughs> the grill skills. <laughs> the grill skills kills, man. Oh, man. Those... The, 
coffee at the end, baby. The hot drink song. It just gets me every time. But anyway. you, had to, you had to quit? I quit the first location I was at. Uh, because as I may have mentioned, yes, uh, there is a complete cunt in charge <laughs> who just made it apparent that she was never going to jive with me, never going to meld with me, never going to be friendly at all with me. And so I just stayed out of her way and tried to keep her out of mine. And I drove my ass. It was it wasn't long, maybe a month at most. I was like, you know what? I bet I can just do a lateral transfer here. I bet I can just, you know, do the slide over to a different Wendy's. Cause yeah. fuck this. And so I went to um, a Wendy's that was actually closer to my house. And I was like, hey, is the manager here? And they were like, yeah. After I put in this like crazy custom order that only people who'd work there would ever do and was telling the dude at the front like how to punch it in, you know? And was like, here's my badge. Give me my discount. Uh, I was like, hey, is the manager here? They're like, yeah. And then the most wonderful man, one of the most wonderful men I've ever met in my life came <laughs> forward and was like, can I help you? And was also probably like, oh, shit, a customer complaint. And I was just like, hey, are you hiring? And he was like, maybe, not really. And I was like, well, you know, I work at uh, the Wendy's across town, let's say, and they suck and I'm sick of it and I want to move. And he was just like, well, sure, come on over. Like, it would be great to have someone who knows how to do all the shit, you know? Nice. Locked and loaded. And so then I pulled out my cell phone. I called the previous and first location and I said, I will not be coming back to work tomorrow. Good luck. And hung up and that was that. And nice. then I started at the next Wendy's. There you go. You know? And uh, rewatched the training videos. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's the just bonus. Process. Yeah, oh, no hell doubt. yeah. You can't miss that. That's when I was like, man, through. that hot drink song really pops. This <laughs> is <laughs> a great one. <laughs> I can't remember it. That's how good it is. But I can sing the tune anytime. <laughs> like, what? What the way Hot drinks musical. gonna need a lid. Put it on tight so they don't spill it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally that tear shit the whole time. Yeah. Ah, fuck oh, that cunt. So funny. That cunt from the first one. Almost, you know, there was a minute where she had me thinking, is it me? Because it was my first job. Oh, yeah. So she would just say shit like, oh, just get out of the way. You're inept and blah, blah, blah. It, in more uh, vulgar terms. She wasn't as well-spoken as me saying the word inept. Oh, she just told me like I sucked word. at everything. I think she was mad I couldn't do the grilling and the pulling the buns down and had the excuse of like, I'm sorry, I'm cute and adorable, so I can't do the greasy jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put me up front. Make me the face of this place. Or could it be her massive stripper titties? I, I don't know, though, because of those unfuckable uniforms you had to wear, you know? They are Ugh. scientifically designed to make you... <laughs> completely completely unfuckable in any body shape or type that's right that's right but it was a great one uh one of my favorite quits of my life yeah and just kind of like rick i said you know it's sort of just slipping out the back door it was just a phone call i sure. just phone call breakup it's, it's always nice when the cards are all in your hands and not in their hands you know and you're like and that's how it should always be with your job if you're if you're smart and careful about like how you build your career Unless you're absolutely doing the fucking dream you love or you're working for your own company, you can always be ready to hop. I mean, if the shit hits the fan or if there's like, you know, you you, you lay out your boundaries beforehand getting into it and then it's a, 
It's a mutual transaction. You know, the boss That's doesn't right. own your ass, man. No. It's I wasn't going to take no disrespect. Yeah. Fucking A. Yeah, that's right. Just like this next caller, don't take no disrespect. Yo. <laughs> yo, yo. So I'm just enjoying the pre-show music streaming. Hell yeah. Shit. And I looked up a couple on YouTube. And I'm like, God damn it. What the fuck is wrong with these stupid ass high school shooter students? Dumbasses. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you're already forgotten. We never knew your name. Fucking loser. Shut up like three or four people. Oh, if you shut up a hundred people, who the fuck cares? Dude, you're a fucking loser. You're a high school student <laughs> who's stressed out and fucking not making a goddamn difference. Uh, get get a degree and help someone. Right. Do, some, do some fucking shit with your life. I don't know. Just pissed me off. I was like looking and it's like probably 10 to 15, 20 minutes ago it came out. So it's probably not even on your damn show. Radar. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Ah, fuck. Damn. I saw Shit. it. Damn. Ha. Anyway, bowl away. <laughs> ah. Shit. Let it go. Adios. 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 Yes. Yeah, the this fucking school shooter again. Sir Mike Roch's message to school shooters. Stupid! You're so stupid! Seriously. Yeah, I saw, when I looked at the story, three kids were confirmed dead, and there were eight injuries. Um, This is in California. So I was confused, because it was, like, breaking, and then it said 3 p.m., and I'm looking at my clock, it's like 5 p.m., 6 p.m., I'm like, what's going on? 6 p.m. it was. Uh, And then I was like, oh, California time. That's right. Doesn't just auto-adjust for me. Ugh. But, yeah, that kid really should have just fucking smoke the joint probably i was gonna say take a chill pill but Likely. we know what the pills do they fuck you up yeah bad yeah that could have been his problem it's possible it's possible but hopefully i don't have a problem with the next callers I are there so. more voicemails well it wasn't a problem with the collar but problem the collar raised man yeah yeah uh, did problem. you see the story did you see the... i didn't no no i've been i've been in motu world well I didn't you get were a in coding to... class and then motu yeah, world so, i've been man, unplugged today really been... Or this past no. couple of weeks, really. That's not unplugged. That's like plugged into the wall. It's super plugged. Okay, I've been ultra plugged. <laughs> That's another way of looking at it, I suppose. Ultra plugged. Not, not quite as ultra plugged as this next caller. Oh, bowlers. My mouth is on fire. Oh, oh. fire mouth. I just had some of that Melinda's ghost pepper sauce. Oh. They're not kidding. Five out of five on their heat rating. Oh. God damn! I just <laughs> had it on some leftover pizza. Yeah, my mouth is on fire. Nice. The peppers dance number two. What are you doing? That really, really hot shit. Like, it almost feels like it gets you drunk or something. <laughs> um, first time I ever quit a job like a boss. Like a boss. Actually, I never have. Whoa. That makes me not a boss. Your loss, boss. No, I've never quit a job that way. I mean, I've just not showed up. I mean, you know, that's boss that's behavior. Being a boss. Yeah. No, no. No boss quitting. I quit college that same way. I guess I could uh, I quit this voicemail like a boss. That's it. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Stick. Stick indeed. Holy shit. Always a boss. That caller. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's another boss way to you know, quit like a boss. Say, you're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of you. I'm the boss of not going in. Fuck you. Yep. Never see him again. 
<laughs> That's just another way of doing it, man. But it's the same sort of thing going on, which is like your sovereignty. That's right. Uh, flexed and executed. But bam, loving it, loving it. First time I quit a job like a boss, I feel like that it's been said here because it kind of, I feel like I've kind of told angles of this story or something because it, it shaped a lot of the way I felt about jobs from then on. And it wasn't the very first job I had because I've talked about that was the coffee shop, the International Beanery, fantastic <laughs> oh. uh, locally owned coffee shop. Bean Dispenser. Yeah, Bean Dispenser. Um, but that wasn't the... That was the first job I had on papers, but it wasn't. I, I left them on good terms. I think they just kind of, I'm pretty sure I got laid off if I remember right. Now, oh. thinking back, I can't even remember how that job quite ended, but. It was peaceful. The business ended shortly after anyway. Just, oh. Yeah, it didn't last very long. It was like one of those two-year, tried to open a business kind of local uh, endeavors. Most local businesses, mom and pops and stuff, don't uh, make it, so. Uh, but it was fun while it lasted. But the the one I quit like a boss was uh, the the grocery store in town. There was two grocery stores. And, uh, you know, everybody only went to one and thought the other one was garbage, which probably looking back, they were probably both garbage, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, everybody was right, but not for the reasons that they thought. And uh, I worked at the one that I thought was the cheese. Um, but I would always kind of, I was like a class clown laugher at her, but not a class clown myself kind of a person, you know? Oh, just be like the first guy to like laugh at a class clown. Guilty by encouragement. Sure. Yeah. I always appreciated that kind of behavior, but never oh, yeah. really um, did it myself. But anyway, these fucking kids just took it too far in the back. And they had been dicking around. I thought it was kind of funny, but whatever. I was on a break. Apparently they're in the milk cooler just throwing merchandise at each other. Well, they, you know, they always used to fucking eat and drink milk back there or whatever. <laughs> Okay. Which is already, you know. You have all this merchandise. Stealing. And, you know, people people will go over and squirrel at the uh, damaged goods because they get eventually thrown in the trash anyway. So it's like, these kids are just pulling milks and cookies and bullshit, eating them, you know, hiding them in the milk and milk cooler. Dang. Throwing milk against the wall at what? one point. They just like, got in a big ass milk fight. As though, like, this isn't going to have some kind of consequence <laughs> or something, you know? Just going way too far. Well, everybody on the staff got punished for something these four what? or five idiots did. And they were horsing around on the forklift, too. Oh, boy. Everybody on the shift got punished uh, for something that not all of us were a fucking part of, you know. And one of the things they were doing was uh, during this big-ass crackdown, so they wouldn't let us have access to lockers anymore. Like, we couldn't keep our shit in a locker in the back, uh, which we had always had ever since I worked there. And we weren't going to be allowed to go to the break room on break. We would have to like sit at the front of the store on break and just sit there mm. without actually being up. You know, like we're, everybody's still just watching you. Like you're basically being babysat for a 15 minute break. And so I was like, so do you really need me to finish the rest of the fucking schedule off, you know, in the manager's office? Because she was basically telling me, lay, laying down this. Everybody had to go talk to one on one. And they were like, this is what the new rules are. So she laid down the new rules to me, and I was like, I'm, I wasn't a part of any of that. And she was like, you were back in the break room, as though that means anything. I was like, I wasn't a part of it, you know, so do you need me to finish out what I'm scheduled for? And uh, she was like, I can't remember what she said. She said something like, you know, with that attitude, you don't need to come in tomorrow or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
She snarked at you. And so I took my fucking big V shirt off right there because I was about to clock out anyways, the end of my shift. So she was just saying like, this is what's going to go down for future shifts, you know? And I was like, so I still have to fill out, I guess, my current schedule. She was like, not if you're talking that way. And so I took my shirt off and I like just tossed it right at her face so that it went, you know, <laughs> you know, how you can like flip laundry at somebody and it's just devastating, even though it doesn't hurt. It just yeah. puffs around their head and they look like a fucking idiot for like two seconds. And everybody's like, oh, and so I fucking flip my shirt right at her face like that. And it did the dangle. <laughs> and then I walked out of there and everybody was clapping on the fucking Hell yeah. All the sack boys were like clapping for me as I walked out. <laughs> oh, Fuck yeah. Corporal punishment. And it was just to take no fucking shit. Because that, it, it pissed me off because I didn't do anything wrong, you know. And yeah, I knew about exactly. these fucking idiots would horse around and shit. And I never did anything to stop it. And I never did anything to snitch on them or turn them in or yeah, you're not their get nanny. in their way, you know. I just kind of, I did my own thing. I laughed at a lot of shit, you know, but I wasn't. It was a party to a lot of that. And then they want to punish me for, you know, I just want to lump everybody in. It's like, no, nah, I don't fucking think so. Yeah, instead of doing the research on who's the problem child that needs to just be fired I w- for doing something that ignorant. <laughs> Smashing milk jugs. Walked Come on. out of that grocery store. I walked up the hill, looked both ways, crossed the fucking street, walked into a pizza hut, applied, got a job. Hell yeah. Went in for training the next day. Out with the old, in with the new. Yeah, and, you know, when you. Job after job. Especially when you're starting out on that, it's like, yeah. mm, no, I didn't do anything wrong there. Can't punish me for that shit. No? That's you did all. it right? Yeah. Well, this next caller certainly did it right. By calling the bowl. Bowlers that mow to in my right? God dang. Oh, yeah. Son. Telling you. I feel like I'm going to need a goat to slit its throat and 33 virgins or some shit. Oh, I know. First time I ever quit a job like a boss, I try... I really try not to quit jobs. There's just something that, and there's no logical or reasonable explanation for it. It's just, it's something I'm not really accustomed to. It's not something that I feel good about doing. Uh, But there has been a couple of times that I have uh, left the job early. Most of the time it's gig work, it's contract work, and I'm in it to win it. Um, But the first time it really stands out, I was moonlighting at, this or, um, opera company in Norfolk, Virginia, mm-hmm. and they were just some of the biggest highfalutin tootin' dickbags I had ever worked for. I mean, we're talking like you would just get fucking barked at for the just the weirdest of reasons, and everybody had a super cliche name, and they treated you like this was the first time that you'd ever walked on stage anywhere, and I was <laughs> like... Okay, I guess. So I'll just fucking, I'll just pick all this stuff up and carry it for you. I mean, I don't mind doing it, but you don't have to treat me like it's my first time ever picking something up and putting it back down. Uh, and yeah, they, they wanted me to fill in on the fly rail running the ropes for a rehearsal. And I mean, holy shit, like they just started accusing me of all of this really weird shit that I was doing to, like, fuck with the show and fuck with the stage manager. And Mm. I was like, I haven't done any of this. I don't care to do any of this. I don't want to do any of this. But uh, nobody was having it. So I 
talked to the one guy that I did like there. I was like, hey, you work for a bunch of fucking assholes, and I'm not coming back. He's like, oh, bro, it's okay. Like, you know, you just got to talk to someone. I was like, nah, I don't have to talk to nobody because the stage manager was on comm to everybody calling me a fucking liar to in the middle of this rehearsal process. And okay. I was I was just a fill-in guy, like you know, you do this. I hate to see how you treat your regular crew. I guess seriously. So, anyways, I ended up calling the TD the next day. I was like, "Yeah, fuck you guys. I'm out. Peace." Yeah, fuck them. That's how I feel, man. If they're telling you you did shit, you didn't do shit. No, you can't. You can't exist any longer in that sort of environment. And that's like that's why you got no choice but to quit. Like that's right. Okay, if I stay here. And allow them to get away. That's what you do. You endorse it by showing up some more. You've just endorsed them framing you for some bullshit. No. That is never acceptable one time. Fuck that shit. Fuck them. I'm out. That's bull. I agree with you, Boobs. Boobs has an addendum. There was an addendum, and this is one thing that I'm not particularly thrilled about uh, with the situation that the pandemic has put me in. I've quit more jobs in the past year than I have in fucking 10 years. Yep. Like, it's, I don't know. Some of them have been really cool. Like, everybody I was working with at that screen printing job place, they were really cool. And that's what so it made it shitty to leave, you know. They were all very, very I mean, the boss came out and told me, she's like, uh, you know, this is your body. I'm not going to make you do anything that you don't want me to do. And I would rather go to jail before anybody forced me to force you to do something you didn't want to do. Like, how can you say no to that, man? But anyways, hope you guys have a good show. In the bowl to everybody. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, that's that's how most everybody should be. Just not a rapist. That seems pretty fucking reasonable to me, just to not be a rapist. Yeah, yeah. That's a good start, at least. It's not like a big ask. It's just the, it's the mandatory minimum humanity that you gotta have. Yeah. Duo. Do unto others. Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Be reasonable. Be reasonable. This next caller, <laughs> there's another addendum, but a, but a very reasonable one. Bowlers. I know I already left one voicemail. Oh, yeah? So I thought I'd leave a second voicemail. Okay. And here it is. Oh, double voicemails. <laughs> That's very reasonable. All right. Well, look at you, double voicemail, Mr. Fletcher. Thank you, sir. Tumbling up. And... You know, if you just do some quick back of the napkin math, too. Uh, Mr. Fletcher set a shining example to the bowlers by leaving double voicemail with total runtime of a minute, 28 seconds. So, look at that. All right. Look at that. I love All right. It. I love it. Double the Fletcher, double the pleasure. Double the fun, double the fun. was only one more thing to double up on. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Well, while we're polishing our balls... <laughs> we have to think of uh, first time I ever for next week. Oh, yeah, of course you're correct. And we do have a list here that we keep Yeah, running. and I have one to add, which was kind of like Phone Boy's uh, inadvertent suggestion of first time I ever got fired. Ooh, f tiger. But no fired. more job talk in the bowl. Let's no, not do we'll, that we'll, next week. It's on the list. It'll be, it'll be picked. There's a lot. See, this list is growing. The beautiful thing is like... Uh, we're averaging like probably 1.7 ads for every week, and so we the list grows, you know, because at that rate you can never you can't ever do them all. Let's see, we've got first time I ever blacked out and remember nothing about the first time I ever blacked out. Uh, we have. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful one. 
First time I ever found a dead animal. First time I ever tongued a hole. First time I ever had a sign from the afterlife. First time I was ever uh, in a car accident. First time I ever quit a job like a boss. There we go. Strike that one out. We did that one today. Good job, us. Uh, first time I ever had phone sex. Yeah. First time I ever saw a drag show. First time I ever had deja, and then I didn't finish <laughs> Vu. Perfect. So look at that. That's weird. Deja Vu. I feel like I've written this before. First time I ever fell in love with a movie and uh, freshly inked and not even dried yet. First time I ever got fired. What do you think? I like that first one. Uh... First time I ever blacked out. Yeah, because that's been on the list for a while. I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. Servo came up with that. I right? think so. If my memory serves me right. It's been months, though. I mean, this thing has been around for months. It's the second thing on the list. First time I ever got drunk on a boat is the top one that's crossed off. When did we do drunk on a boat? That was ages ago. Ages. Okay, so next week Bowls we'll be ago. talking about the uh, first time I ever blacked out and remembered nothing about the first time I ever blacked out. I love it. I like it because it's long and as F-tight twice. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, we're going with it. Fuck the character limit, bro. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. All right, I got my proper shoes on. Balls polished. Yes. Ready to go. This dude quit like a boss, in my opinion. A Los Angeles firefighter is being accused of wiping his ass with the vaccine mandate letter he received. Oh, snap. He was allegedly handed a letter telling him to comply with the Los Angeles vaccine mandate when he dropped his pants and wiped his buttocks with it. Uh, sources say that he left fecal matter on the document before dropping it on the ground. So I think that's impressive if we're not giving him credit for pooping on the spot. Or sharding. Sharding on command. Onto this vaccine mandate nonsense letter. So anyway, he's on paid administrative leave, which sounds fucking nice to me. And uh, this is when I started questioning the story, but it is appears to be very real. This took place in Fire Station 69. Nice. In Pacific Palisades. Oh, my God. 69! 69, dude! I mean, who is this man? Can we get him in the bowl? He's legend. Because this guy is my bud. <laughs> I just know it. Yeah, you should send a media inquiry, man. All right, media inquiry See if he bites. Incoming. See if he did anything. Oh, well, hell yeah. was a bud. Fuck. See what he's up to. Get him in January. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, they sent out these compliance notices everywhere in Los Angeles, I guess, uh, to people needing to, wanting them to, you know, people that they wanted to submit to being a slave. Um, but since this incident, a group came together on the face bag called Firefighters 4, that's the number 4, I Freedom. Hear I hear it, and the way you said it, I totally saw the number 4. Well... You and I have a special understanding of the way we speak, so I was just spelling it out for everyone else, <laughs> all the other bowlers, in case they're not, they didn't catch it. Uh, but this group is suing Los Angeles over the vaccine rules. God bless. America, man, that's some American shit right there. Yep. Quite literally. Also very right. American. We fight defense with guns and offense with lawyers. That's how it works here. That's freedom. That's freedom. That's in how a, free people uh, operate. That's in correct. a life is a scam society, you know. <laughs> well, I or mean, clown world. Yeah, it gets a little clownish. Uh, you shouldn't have to resort to either in the perfect world. But yeah. that's what they're for. Should just see more duels in the street, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> when you're duels. 
They're mm-hmm. the sexiest thing. Once <laughs> lightsabers on. become a thing, then they'll probably happen. Yeah. Till then, I don't know. Probably shit out of luck. I just love the bang bang. Like, come on. <laughs> let's do it. That's so American. <laughs> to do it. Let's duel. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I'll see it. It's in the apocalyptic future. It's going to happen. There's no choice. <laughs> but a paleontologist in Missouri made a great move when he purchased the property of a family who accidentally came across a rare dinosaur skeleton when they were trying to build a well in the, uh, I believe it was the 40s. Anyway... He bought the property in the 80s. Nice. And just revealed that he found a full dinosaur skeleton of a very rare species. Very nice work. Along with pieces from three other dinosaurs, one of which was a baby of uh, the full skeleton he found. And where did they go? Museums, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, um, that's typical. Yeah, this home, it was the first trace of dinosaurs ever found in Missouri on this property. And they sent it to the Smithsonian, of course, because what do you do if you're a good slave? You send it to the Smithsonian for all to enjoy. And uh, I would mount it right on my fucking wall. I know. (laughs) I was seeing that in my brain. Tell Uh, like, you know. My friends, the bowlers. Tell like 30 people in your whole life about it. 33. 33, there you go. Tell Only tell 33 people ever over your entire span of life about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, he uh, found this skeleton 50 feet away from where that OG Missouri dino was located, and he started excavating it in 2017. I guess that uh, the soil was really not soil but clay, you know? So he had to be very careful getting it out. And it's taken him, you know, the five years. Also, he had to get a crane because I guess one of the heaviest parts of the dinosaur weighed 2,500 freaking pounds. So he had to get a crane on site, which he wasn't able to do until like October of this year when he started the project in 2017 because of, you know, the scamdemic and all that stuff. No one wants to go to work. They just want to take their... Once it comes to hiring cranes out, man, it gets a little harder to sneak it up onto your wall at the end. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's why you got to know people. You get the Fetty Boys sniffing around. Mm. Not if you have friends that got cranes. I don't know any. (laughs) Yet. You get the Smithsonian sniffing around. Add it to my list. Make a friend with a crane. Sniff elsewhere. But uh, the baby skeleton was taken to the uh, St. Genevieve Museum in St. Genevieve, Missouri. Mm. I don't know why they put an E at the end of the St. abbreviation. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the fool. Maybe it's not Saint, but it's S-T-E, Genevieve, Missouri. Ah, the world may never know. And the large dinosaur went to Chicago's Field Museum for research, of course. I don't know if we'll get to see it yet. Um, I don't plan to go to Chicago anytime soon, but it's pretty cool. Find a dinosaur in Missouri and send it to Illinois. That makes sense. Have you ever heard of the Ocean Twilight Zone? The Ocean Twilight Zone, I sure haven't. Yes. Well, rumor has it that this is a layer of water stretching around the globe uh, from 560 to 3,300 feet below the surface, just beyond the reach of sunlight. Oh, I see. And a fish 
from the ocean twilight zone washed ashore in SoCal this past week. The long-nosed lancet fish. Oh, no. Rare find. Rare find, although it has been seen in shallow water before. Oregon and uh, the Gulf of Mexico are the places where those shallow water sightings of the lancet fish came from. But yeah, the creature emerged on shore within minutes after a mysterious sonic boom happened last Monday. And was alive, so they were able to release it back into the water. No way. But interestingly enough, this lancet fish inhabits all of the planet's oceans. It's, uh, it can grow more than seven feet long, and it's a cannibal. Oh, no. But new species of fish, squid, and octopus have been discovered thanks to the lancet fish because they remain in its stomach undigested. Oh, that's messed up, man. So the speculation, the hypothesis, if you will, yeah. is that the lancet fish eats as much as they want whenever they can, and then they digest it later when they need to. <laughs> well, maybe they're not cannibalistic. Maybe they're just... Uh... Like a sea taxi? Oh, they're hiding their friends in there for a little bit of safekeeping or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's the ocean twilight zone, for goodness sake. Yeah, that is a bit weird. I had never bro. heard that term before. This whole thing is very, very spooky. I was just like, oh yeah, deep water. <laughs> that's where my brain went. Wow, that's deep. You know, kind of like the, the anglerfish comes to mind. And coincidentally... Oh yeah, them things are ugly as sin, bro. Well, coincidentally, a football fish, which is a type of deep sea anglerfish, washed upon the shores of San Diego <laughs> this week, too. It's a good week I'm for washing, you, bro. I'm, I don't know why we're looking up. We should be looking into the water and down because it's crazy. It's Them's crazy. where the aliens is, is deep in the ocean. Or at least prehistoric beings. Like, come on, what's going on? Yeah, the aliens is down there, too, probably. But yeah, uh, San Diego, this is their second football fish to wash ashore. And the first one was in 2001. Now, only 30 have been uh, washed ashore, I guess, in history. So it's a very rare find. But this guy that found it just took a picture on his phone and left it. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't touch it either, bro. Well, I guess there's a... If you didn't know, there's a lot of laws yeah, in California. Yeah, exactly, bro. I'm not touching that thing. I don't know whether it's going to have a disease or whether I'm going to be bent well, over by the park ranger in the exactly. parking lot or what's going to happen. No, yeah. fuck that. The, uh, the, these areas, you know, the what beaches and stuff are protected, and so collecting stuff just might be prohibited. You well, don't it's know. It's one of those brain squids that just wants you to go over and touch it so it can take over your brain. That's not very cuddly or cute or something i'd want to pet anyway i mean you've seen their teeth they just have bajillions of spike teeth yes for lack of better term and then this one had spikes on its sides closest i'd come maybe poke it with a long stick but take a picture with your phone be long it's gotta be long <laughs> don't poke it at all just take that picture just and take run. the picture with the phone you can do the zoom on it and stand far away from it yeah that's right that's right yeah, yeah. so this one uh they're estimating was 18 inches in length and a foot tall from top to bottom. Big ugly. Big ugly bitch. <laughs> you know it's a female because with the anglerfish, the men are just these worthless little things. Oh, they're things like little that, things, aren't they? I yeah, they're little that, things. Bro. And their one job is to allow her to reproduce all life. Like a so. swimming nut sack, basically. <laughs> That's it, yes. 
What the fuck, man? <laughs> Hell of an existence. No imagine, sunlight down there either. Imagine being an anglerfish. <laughs> nope. In times of trouble, I just imagine being the male anglerfish. I would fish. like to trade my card in for a new card dealer. That's what the male <laughs> anglerfish said. Yeah, that's right. But the lady. That's what they both said. I <laughs> mean, that's pretty good, man. You're just getting shot into well, all the time. Well, I guess anglerfish don't have mirrors, so there's that. No. No, but she doesn't do have that bioluminescent ball on the tip of her antenna. Bitch, I got a light <laughs> switch. I got lava lamps and shit, man. Fucking ball. I don't need that. No, no, no. Oh, uh, you know. Just putting it out there right now. <laughs> God, when I come back, I don't want to be an anglerfish, okay? Yeah. You already sent me in the form of a woman this time <laughs> around, so let's yeah, transcend well, that shit. You know, that's just like... Uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a construct, yeah. bro. John Lennon I wouldn't be said that upset something about, about women, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to go there on my podcast, but it's out there. You know what else is out there? What's out there? President Warren Harding's stolen dog collar. Uh-oh. And there's a $1,000 reward currently being offered for it. I guess it was stolen it's not his dog collar. Let me just put this out there. Oh, Let's sure. not disrespect the twenty nine. Already running cover for him. Okay. It was his uh, Airedale Terrier Laddie Boy's <laughs> dog collar. <laughs> it's a historical artifact, man. Come on. Oh, Laddie Boy, you lost your collar. Yes. Oh, Laddie Boy. It was made in nineteen twenty three. Has Laddie Boy engraved on it <laughs> in raised letters, surrounded by hearts. So unmistakable, unmistakable. If Definitely you see it, Laddie Boys. The historic home in Blooming Grove, Ohio, is looking for it now. It was stolen in 2012. Man, I can't imagine somebody wanting to steal the Laddie Boy. Well, <laughs> it gets deeper, okay? Because it was stolen oh, in 2012, no. the end of the world as we knew it. Uh huh. And all they say about the date was that it was a Tuesday. Which is freaking weird. I'm like, you don't remember the exact day that it went missing? The groundskeeper found a ladder propped against the second story window, mm. which is where the collar was being stored. So it was a targeted theft. Yeah, they knew what they were going for. They were going for the collar. And oh, they you got want the it. laddie boy. When you set your mind on the laddie boy, you're going to get the laddie boy. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> Amazing. That's a soft target. So, yeah, this anonymous donor put up the thousand bucks and uh, Hmm. it was deposited in a local bank, which Hmm. will act as an intermediary if any tips come in to help solve the mystery of the missing laddie boy collar. But I'm just saying that person, they've held out long enough. Whoever took the collar, a thousand bucks is not going to do it. Well, even for tips, like thousand, nah, 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 nah. You're not even playing yet, dude. No, exactly. Better luck next time. Yep. More anonymous donors needed. This is the uh, roll you rolled with a $1,000 tip uh, reward. It's Laddie Boy we're talking about. Come on, have some respect. I have respect for Laddie Boy, but the womp womp was the perfect lead into this next story. Uh Uh-oh, that's a hint. A Nebraska man died. And in his obituary, written by his sons, they urged everyone to bet a bunch of money on the corn huskers. <laughs> it said, in lieu of flowers, please place an irresponsibly large wager on Nebraska beating Iowa. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sorry about you. Because they lost. Wow. Oh. <laughs> 
As you can imagine, people loved that obituary. They thought it was great. So it was shared on the news, and then it became a national story. And so, like, there thousands like probably, of dollars poured in. record betting on that game. It truly there? was an irresponsibly large wager. Oh, no. But I do believe they were able to give $5,000 to the Boys and Girls Club out of it. But yeah, <laughs> at man. At least there's that. At least there's that. At least there's that. Well, dozens of people found themselves trapped in England's highest pub after a blizzard came. And I mean, literally highest, highest altitude. (laughs) It was the pub that said, uh, wow, I am really high. Yes. The Tan Hill Inn at 1732 feet above sea level. They got cut off by a blizzard, which knocked down some power lines and blocked the roads. 61 people were stuck there, locked in, if we shall, over the weekend. But worst of all for them, maybe the only bad part, because, you know, being trapped in a pub, th- pub that's an inn, right? So, like, there's beds, yeah, yeah. maybe, presumably. Uh, the worst part to me was that they were stuck with an Oasis cover band Uh-oh. called Noasis. Oasis. <laughs> So, you know, they talked about, oh, free entertainment for the weekend. I was just like, man, if all you know is Oasis covers, that's going to give me some cabin fever real quick. They should do one of those fusion cover bands where you incorporate another band and do mashups. The Beastie Boys. That'd be clever. No Oasis till Brooklyn. (laughs) No, Oasis (laughs) till Brooklyn. You could do it. Mm, You could, but... It's England, so they won't. It would improve on the Oasis part. They got out yesterday, so it was just a weekend. And uh, according to the Associated Press story, everyone had a grand old time. I mean, it is a pub, you know. Everyone left uh, better friends than they were before. Sure. You know? Just like uh, the Simon Pegg movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where drunken strangers become best buds. I yeah. love it. I knew a place like that it. once long ago. Me too. And long ago, a book was checked out of the Boise Public Library or maybe Garden City, Idaho. Who knows? <coughs> but it just got returned 111 years later. Whoa! Yes. That's a long-ass time, man. The 15th person to check out the New Chronicles of Rebecca in 1910 sure enjoyed that book and passed it along from generation to generation, I guess. Uh, but it's been returned. It's been returned. And lucky for whoever returned it to them, uh, the Boise Public Library has been fine-free since 2019. Oh, nice. They They were just holding out, man. Yeah. You can imagine there's like a point where you can't afford to return the book, you know? No. Uh, The previous fine fee was two cents a day. Now, we multiply that by like 110, 111 years. That's like 803 doll hairs. Yeah. And I guess that's it's not crazy, but it's still too much. That's eight hundred dollars too much. Yeah, I gave you three bucks for a book. I uh, lost a library book once, and eventually they just make you buy the book. Oh, at my library, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, they just there was like a replacement fee of like you know. Sounds like you need a better library. <laughs> I guess so. Now they're free, fee, fee, free, fee, free. No reason to return those books. Free fee for your fee fees. Damn it! I don't know. I tried. <laughs> I mean, aren't libraries publicly funded? I mean, tax funded? Yes. You know, so it should have been free the whole time. That's the public part of the public library. Yeah, it should have been free, but 
But this is America. You can't just steal books from the library, Where life man. is a scam. So, there's books donated every day to libraries. There's a bajillion books out there. Not with that attitude. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Pretty soon, libraries will just be book museums because yeah, everyone's got their fucking... Take your damn library book back. Books on screens now. If you can't take a library book back, just don't go to the library. I have a few books in my collection that have stamps on them that say the... I don't know what the word is anymore. It starts with a D, but it's like, we're done with this at the library, you know? Oh, yeah. Deserted book or something. It's just like, you're out. You're dismissed from the library. We don't want this book anymore, so... No stolen library books. But this dude stole an idea, though, when he built a Taj Mahal replica for his wife in 27 years. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've heard this one. India. Oh, yeah. Deja vu. Yeah, I have a deja vu. Well, it took him three years and about 260,000 American dollars to build their little Taj Mahal on their 50-acre property. It's got marble walls and floors, but the inside is, you know, totally different. He wanted to build it 80 feet high, but I guess the local authorities told him that was too much. So it stands at 29 feet tall. Hmm. Yes. And then this Missouri couple may have been feeling deja vu, but it wasn't us, sadly. Uh, They won a $3 million lottery jackpot on a scratch ticket. All right. And previously... They won $250,000 on a scratch again. I think we talked about them in the bowl before. Yeah. So, wow. That's really cool, man. That's a great story. Yeah, that's a great goddamn story. I wish I could win me some money. Yeah. Both prizes from scratch tickets. They live in Washington County. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that, man? That's me fumbling with the Motu, bro. (laughs) I was trying, I knew you were going to turn the music on. And I couldn't get to it. Ah. Yeah, some Motu Blues we got going on. Hey, it's a learning experience. It's about the journey. We'll get there. That's right. Set it and forget it, right? So now it's good to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to set it, but I'll never forget it. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean. Call in with your first time I ever for next week about blacking out and not remembering blacking out and until friday when we have lavish in the bowl at 9 p.m central for another bowls with buds may your bowls burn ever brighter I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. Your Honor, I would like to plead not guilty on the ground that Obama legalized weed. I believe all the terrible things they told me about weed, and it was all a lie. You make weed look so uncool.